Year after year, one of the most consistent items on my do something list is to have fun with fashion. Exploring my personal style has added more joy to my everyday life and helped me feel more like myself on the regular. However, I have found that there are some brands I would love to explore more, but they are out of my typical price range, or there's the it item that I would love to try out, but without the commitment of keeping it. Enter Armoire. With a clothing rental membership from Armoire, you can build the perfect wardrobe with brands that are high quality, unique, and recommended just for you. All you have to do is take a five minute style quiz and select items from your dynamic personalized closet. The styles show up at your door in as little as two days. Then when you're ready for new clothes, just swap them out for more new to you styles. I just did my quiz and have selected a few dresses for the summer from Bowdoin, one of my favorite brands that I can't typically afford. And I also got a double breasted black blazer from a new to me designer, a classic item that I have been on the hunt for, but too scared to commit to until I know it's the one. For you expecting mamas, for those who are working or those who are style obsessed, who want to switch out your wardrobe with quality pieces without the designer prices, check out this woman owned company that has your style and your sustainability in mind. Right now, my listeners can give Armoire a try and get up to 50% off their first month. That's up to $125 off. Just visit armoire.style slash progress. That's armoire.style, A-R-M-O-I-R-E dot style slash progress to get up to 50% off your first month and never worry about what to wear again. Try Armoire today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. You are listening to About Progress. This is episode 263, why you don't need to be afraid of intuitive eating with Beth Summers. Shortly after having my third kid, I felt drawn to all these talks about Whole30. The same thing happened after my fourth pregnancy, but this time it was now all about macros. And now I feel like all I hear about is intermittent fasting and keto. Almost nobody called these diets, but that's what they are. And you might be mad at me for saying that but it's true. And just like all diets touted as lifestyles, they come and go in popularity and effectiveness. There's always another sneaky diet disguised as a lifestyle waiting for you around the corner. Now I held strong those other times and I didn't fall for the whole 30 and the counting and and the keto and fasting, because I knew that I had worked for years to heal my relationship with food in ways that transcended not just the way I ate, but how I lived the rest of my life with my full presence. Now, part of my years-long work on this has involved becoming an intuitive eater. Whenever I mention intuitive eating online, I can count on at least a few messages saying the same thing. Oh, I could never do that. I wouldn't stop eating the whole day. I'd intuitively eat brownies all the time. 
Now, the root to all of this, and I get it, is fear. I can see women almost going into fight or flight over the suggestion that they learn how to trust their minds and their bodies. Learning over the long haul, by the way, not just overnight, how to honor their hunger and fullness cues and eat for both nutrition and enjoyment. They are terrified. We can see it in their eyes at the seeming loss of control that that would entail. So while I want to offer to you that while it takes time and determination, intuitive eating has given me nothing but power and freedom. Today, our goal is to not convince you to intuitive eat, especially if whatever you're doing right now is working for you and that's okay, but it is to help you not be so terrified of this idea. My fantastic guest is Beth Summers of True Balance Coaching. We hope you can use this episode as a resource for when you know that intuitive eating is the right and sustainable choice for you and how to not let fear be your biggest attractor from viewing it as even possible for you. Welcome to About Progress. I am your host, Monica Packer, and I don't want you to just listen to this show. I want it to change you. This community of progressors empowers women to take on radical growth via sustainable changes. Are you motivated and ready to grow in your identity, purpose, and productivity? You can when you remember that life is about progress, not perfection. I wanted to give you a little bit of background on why I started a new membership site called The Strive Tribe. Podcasting is honestly a bit of a lonely medium. I have worked for almost four years and 90% of it has been in isolation as I research and market and prep and produce episodes that serve women who want to grow. And 10% of that time involves other people, but they're my guests. Besides the cold numbers I see on my end, I never really get to see you listening how the show is helping you, what tools you take to work on your own life, and to see face-to-face what you need more of from me. I'm often reading all of those things based off of secret clues I'm digging around for. Earlier this year, I had the thought to create an exclusive group that had the best of what I love and can offer about personal development and in a tight-knit atmosphere of other women who feel the same way, who are motivated to take action on what they learn from the show and share it with a community of like-minded women. I also wanted to be able to know and recognize faces and names. I wanted to take what we learned from the show and expound on it, to implement from it, and actually change, not just listen. And I heard from many more of you that you were hungry for more too. You wanted to join my courses and my coaching programs, but you didn't really have the money for it, or you did those things and you still wanted more support as you continued to implement what you had learned from the courses and my coaching programs. My goal will always be to make this membership site, the Strive Tribe, more affordable than my very in-depth coaching programs and courses so that more and more of you are able to access the goodness that it is. It's the support, learning, and community that you are looking for so that you can grow. Our new membership group, again, the Strive Tribe, has all sorts of fun bells and whistles, but my favorite include the weekly chats with group members and the Grow Yourself book club, all with intent to have a virtual home where you can feel supported to take on lasting change in sustainable ways. Now, the group is still in its infancy, and I would love to invite you to become a founding member before the doors close mid-June. And as a founding member, you secure your sign-on price forever and ever, even as the group evolves in both numbers and the investment required. 
So go to aboutprogress.com slash membership to sign up before the doors close mid-June. Again, that's aboutprogress.com slash membership. Uh, my name is Beth Summers. Hello. Happy to be here. And I I won't give you my full food story, but I, over the years, yeah. have explored and developed and rewritten my food story to the point that I love helping others do the same. And, um, and so what that looks like is incorporating intuitive eating principles or health at every size principles, in addition to, you know, things that I've learned throughout my life, uh, education. Um, and so I really do love bringing what I like to say is like the body and the spirit together. So there's a soulful experience with food and that brings you back to yourself and who you are and why you're here and where you're going. Um, and so really short, short and sweet is help people to enjoy food in their bodies again, because that's possible. (laughs) That is so beautifully said. I, I'm going to start by asking you really quick, what a Mm -hmm. food story means, because I'm alone, just fascinated by that. It makes so much sense to me, but a lot of people might be wondering, what does she mean by that? Yeah, sure. Um, so like with any other story, if you were to read a book, right, it's kind of the origins of of answering those questions of who are you, why are you here and where you're going? And you get lost along the way, especially in our society where you take on other people's truth as your own and you kind of forget who you are or your truth, um, especially in how you show up with your relationship with food and body. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's going to include like nature and nurture. Um, it's not that everyone has struggled with food from birth but maybe you have, or maybe that started for you when you were in your twenties. So every, every person's relationship and therefore their story that they have with food, um, is going to look different. And, um, and the way I help, I've helped myself and others is to identify those truths, you know, your values and, and what is important to you in this life that you're experiencing so that you can use that to help you make food choices that are more aligned with, with that, that awareness. It always goes deeper, doesn't it? It And that's what I even start with, with my coaching program, we're all about, you know, personal development, but we have to start at the center Mm -hmm. of what do you value and who do you want to be? And it's interesting that relates to even our food choices and our food stories Mm -hmm. that we are carrying around with us. And Beth, you're here to talk about this, but also with the lens of intuitive eating. And for some Mm -hmm. reason that scares people. And actually Mm -hmm. I'm not, I shouldn't say for some reason, because I understand the reasons. And that's what we're going to talk about today. Why you don't need to be afraid of intuitive eating. Because when I have told people, whether online or in person that I practice intuitive eating, um, I usually get this response. Oh, I could never do that. I'd eat all day. Mm -hmm. Or Mm -hmm. there's just a lot of fear. Like I could never stop. I would gain weight. I couldn't trust Mm -hmm. my body. So having restrictions is terrifying when you've lived a long food story of being so uh, grounded by your restrictions and barriers Mm -hmm. and the negative relationships you've had with food. So I do get it because I very much lived that for a long time. But Mm -hmm. before we dive into this discussion, I just wanted to say that life like truly living in accordance to who you want to be and your values is on the other side. And to me and for you, intuitive eating has been the path to get there. So let's just start by saying, how would you respond 
to women who feel sucked into that fearful response to intuitive eating? Yeah. Um, I love this question because it is so normal. (laughs) I guess that's the first thing I would say is you're not alone, right? So normal. And as you pointed out, those those food fears and those beliefs, like those are what make up our stories, not just the successes, but also the failures. And so the stories that we tell ourselves, um, that helps define how we, how we think and how we act. Right. And fear or shame or guilt really controls quite a bit of that and how we're able to show up in our life. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I guess what I'd like to say is that so many people, you know, you and me, everyone really, they're chasing after something. They're hustling for their worth. Right. But what if instead of running away from those fears, we chase them instead. Hmm. And so what that looks like is leaning into the discomfort and playing with those fears, getting curious and asking yourself, what are you afraid of? Why? What does it say about you? What does it mean? Who said, right? And so, um, so I guess I'd like to follow up your question with questions of what is so scary about eating all day or not being able to stop eating? Why is that so terrifying? Mm -hmm. What does it say about you if you did gain weight, right? Because Mm -hmm. fat isn't bad. It's the fear of fat that is right. Because Mm -hmm. we've made it mean something. So when you take that initial discomfort and you use that as an invitation to explore your internal fat phobia, the external fat phobia in the world around us, weight stigma, et cetera. You can kind of start to pull those parts and pieces away and say, oh, I'm really afraid of maybe rejection or not fitting in or being unlovable. Like, hmm. you know, follow those fears with why, why, why? And then you'll get to the root of what's really holding you back, right? Um, and then the other thing is, why is it easier to trust someone else than yourself? right? Oh yeah. Because years of dieting is years of self-distrust. So of course it's going to take some time to learn how to trust your body again. That's normal. Mm -hmm. But you know, spoiler alert, your body is, it's always on your side and no one knows it better than you do. So having no restrictions is terrifying because chances are you feel safer when you're in control. But the irony here is that when you diet, you're actually putting other people in control of what or how you eat. You're not in control. Mm. And the truth is that your body is, is smarter than them, those external authorities, right? And it's smarter than you sometimes mm. because your body was literally built to survive. And when you feel out of control with food, what's really happening is that your body is trying to communicate with you, but you're not listening, right? Mm. So if, if you consider this as a story, right, with all the characters at play and the beginning and the middle and the end and the cliffhangers and everything, what would be possible if you developed a partnership with your body? Because mm. you're already in a relationship with food, but you don't know what kind of a relationship you have, mm. right? And so when you start to identify like, oh, this is not a helpful relationship, you know, I see that my food story is not serving me. And then when you consider other relationships that you have with maybe family, friends, even God, you can identify what makes those relationships trustworthy, right? Because it's all, life is just a string of experiences and relationships. And so if you can identify trustworthy relationships in your life, again, with family or friends or your higher power, 
and you start to realize that your constant self-doubt, the questioning of your worth or ignoring your body's cues, well, that doesn't sound like a very trusting relationship, does it? It, it takes two to tango. So what would change for you if you believed that your body was on your side? That's the real question here. And I think that's mm-hmm. the foundation to intuitive eating. Can mm-hmm. you repeat that one more time? What would change for you? Uh, yeah. What would change for you if you believed that your body was on your side? Instead of believing that your body or food was the enemy, what if, what if you guys were on the same page? What if you had a partnership and a belief and trust in each other? Hmm. Well, I would like to know, I'm going to talk about with, with you, obviously, like what intuitive eating really does look like. It doesn't look mm-hmm. like, you know, well, it can in the beginning, it can look like eating a whole lot of different things in the beginning while you're relearning that trust, but it really isn't, you know, eating donuts or pizza all day long for years at a time. Um, cause that's not listening to your body either. Um, but I did want to know for you though, what was on the other side for you when you transitioned to this new food story and this new trust, this trusting relationship between your body and food? Sure. Well, okay. First though, just to clarify, even if, cause you're right, chances are you're not going to want to eat pizza and donuts every day, all day for the rest of your life. You'll get bored of it. You will. <laughs> yeah. Your body naturally craves some variety, right? But even if, again, chase those fears, even if that was a possibility or if that potentially became your reality, why would that be right or wrong or good or bad? Like it's because we've attached labels and meaning to these things. Like eating that way would no longer be appropriate. And therefore it means I must be failing like that food morality, that judgment holds us back from, from listening to what our body does want right? So if we're constantly questioning, like, well, I don't think you actually want to eat donuts every day, you know, all day. It doesn't give ourselves permission to, to say, well, what else would I want? Because there's a judgment that's holding us back because we're making up those stories, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and also, I mean, we're going to get into a little bit of the pushback I'm sure people will have, but right. what about just, you know, factual health? Like it doesn't make me feel good. It, it clogs up my mm-hmm. arteries. I don't feel, I feel sluggish. Like it's even just mm-hmm. without the morality, there's consequences. So what would you mm-hmm. say to someone who's just wondering that piece to the puzzle? About the consequences to yeah, eating that Even way? if they're not taking, if they're taking the morality of, out of it and they're just mm-hmm. not the literal health consequences of it. Right. Well, it's, it's interesting because, and this is, something that I talk quite a bit about it is identifying the meaning behind your cravings, right? And what are the deficits that it's speaking to or that it's trying to fill? And that could be that physical deprivation, right? Of not actually eating those foods. And that, that happens in years of dieting, right? Mm -hmm. It could also look like mentally not giving yourself permission to eat that thing, even if you are eating the donuts and pizza, but you still Mm -hmm. mentally are thinking I shouldn't be eating this, Mm -hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And then you follow that up with what about the nutritional deficits? Cause you're right. You probably would feel better if you included some additional foods besides just those. Right. Mm-hmm. But that, that's coming from a place of what can I add? What do I need more of instead of, well, I should stop eating this. I need less of that. It's yes. different. Right. Mm-hmm. And then, um, and then of course there's the experiential piece of like, what, what, 
what is it that those foods are helping you experience, right? Do they represent something for you? And, and if so, and this goes into like emotional eating, right? Which isn't inherently good or bad or right or wrong either. Um, but if you're wanting like more excitement or something, then getting curious and saying, well, could I experience this in another way? Not because this way is wrong, but because there's more out there for me to experience and what would be possible. But in answering your question, I actually hear this a lot. I'll, I'll, I'll see people attempting intuitive eating, which is great, but then they'll get really confused and really kind of stuck um, where they'll say, well, if I was really eating intuitively, I wouldn't want pizza or donuts. And that's not true <laughs> yeah. ever. It's again, it's giving yourself permission to say, I can eat that thing and right the power of and, and I could also eat something else because I know that I, I'm needing some extra fiber or some nutrients that I might be missing out, right? But it. it's the intention and the motivation behind those choices or habits that are going to help you feel more, more complete rather than, oh no, I'm doing it wrong and shutting down and not mm -hmm. listening to your body or questioning those cues that you're getting. Did that answer your question? Absolutely. I so appreciate you <laughs> responding to that in such a way that brings a lot of clarity to what we're really talking about here. It always goes mm -hmm. deeper once again. So right. if someone is, for instance, craving those pizza and donuts, which again are not inherently bad, it's more of why is this not helping you in the ways you're seeking? So mm -hmm. there's probably something else deeper that you are seeking and not being satisfied with those exterior things. And even when you remove the morality from things, it doesn't mean that you can't also consider how you might still be um, and not a healthy relationship with food too. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, so I appreciate you going there. Uh, let's talk about what intuitive eating is. What what can it really look like for people who have spent the time and 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 trusted the process too of mm -hmm. learning how to eat intuitively? Yeah, yeah. So intuitive eating is going to look different for each person, and mm -hmm. and there really is no one size fits all approach, right? Which mm -hmm. is what makes it so magical. It's what makes it different from your typical food fad or diet, right? Mm -hmm. But again, to clarify, there's, there's kind of this misunderstanding between what intuitive eating is and what it's not. And some people will, will try to turn it into another diet. Yes. And, and there is also, there's a difference between intuitive eating and, in, and eating intuitively. They're not necessarily the same. So intuitive eating is an anti-diet framework comprised of 10 principles. And this was created by two dietitians, Evelyn Tripoli and Elise Resch. It was created 25 years ago. So even though people are like, oh, this is new. No, it's not. Yep. <laughs> it's, it's not new. And it's aligned with, um, with another framework called health at every size. Mm -hmm. Eating intuitively is using your intuition, which I consider to be a combination of your body, mind, and spirit. And you use that knowledge and that, that connection you have to help support your food choices or your eating habits. And so while intuitive eating and eating intuitively aren't necessarily the same, they can be compatible with one another and they can overlap. So, um, so really, if, if you're wanting to learn more about intuitive eating itself, then, then go straight to the source. Because nowadays yeah. there's so much out there that it's getting misconstrued or it's it's misunderstood so read the book use the workbooks they're brilliant 
And then if you need help implementing those principles, that framework, especially if you're recovering from an eating disorder, right? Mm -hmm. Then, then find an aligned therapist or a dietitian or a coach, because for some people, just reading the book isn't enough to start integrating what you're learning into your life. But again, going back to what I'd said earlier, everyone's lived experience is different. So it's going to look, my intuitive eating journey is going to look different from yours or someone else's, right? Mm -hmm. And that's why if you need some extra support in addressing your specific questions or concerns, that's when you bring in, you know, trusted friends or trusted professionals. So you can say, um, you know, here's what's coming up for me and what's next. I'm so glad you're saying that piece to it because, you know, I went to the source of learning about intuitive eating from the books and the workbooks, but I wish I had worked with a coach or therapist or dietitian Mm -hmm. who were really connected to it because I translated it for, you know, the first while to more food rules because they talk about a hunger scale and a status, you know, Mm -hmm. um, a fullness skill. Um, I'm probably saying the language wrong now because it's been a while since I read it. And for me, that became another way of um, just having a negative relationship. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I had a hard time trusting. So th- this is why, you know, you said it's different for everybody. And I, and I, you kind of have to be willing to believe in this messy process of figuring it out for yourself because of the long goal of healing this relationship and living your life, like a real life. And enjoying food. So let's talk about the process then. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Let's talk about mm-hmm. the process then. Um, what this can look like for people as they are learning to eat intuitively, and maybe they have the intuitive eating knowledge and resources, and now they're trying to actually eat intuitively. What's the process? Yeah, it will, and that's that's the key word there, right? It is a process. Mm-hmm. It's a process, and so I think it's really important that you give yourself permission to unlearn diet culture and relearn those instincts that you were born with. Mm-hmm. And I know, again, I know a lot of people will attempt to practice intuitive eating and then they get frustrated or confused. Mm-hmm. And, and usually that's because they're either attached to a specific outcome or they're comparing their process to someone else's. Okay. And so it's, again, it's important to remember that intuitive eating is not another diet. It's not one more thing to fail at. And there will be times where it'll be like bliss, right? And you'll be like, oh, this is great. And then there are going to be other times you're going to feel uncomfortable. It's your unique experience and it's yours to learn from. Hmm. The other thing too is it, it can be lonely. Our, our world is obsessed with the thin ideal or with being healthy, right? Clean eating and all that. 
And we've learned, unfortunately, to bond with other people through diets. Because when you're dieting, you're not just eating a certain way, you're also adopting an entire belief system. So it's, it's similar to having a faith crisis, really. Yeah. And once you see diet culture, you can't unsee it. And you'll start noticing how much of, of our conversations with others involve some kind of diet. And when you, you no longer participate in that type of connection, you can feel lost. So again, find yourself a support team, whether professionally or personally, you know, join or create a community of other intuitive eaters that are ready to say, I'm done with this. Is there a new way? And do you want to do this with me? Right. Mm -hmm. And I think it's also important to, again, lean into those fears that we were discussing earlier, call them out and then find ways to prove them wrong. So for example, if you struggle with with like orthorexic tendencies, right? And you have a fear of being sick or disabled, then go find someone with chronic illness who is living it up. If you're afraid of gaining weight, follow a fat person. You need to diversify your feed, acknowledge your privilege, identify your values, be willing to make mistakes, challenge the stigmas that you're scared of, and then find safe ways to process through what comes up for you in this process. It's always deeper. I mean, keep coming back mm -hmm. to that. Always. There's so much of just how you are also valuing your worth, how you are comparing mm -hmm. yourself to others, um, and 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 what you want too, what you want out of your life. Right. I think that's a big anchor as you're going through this messy process. Is why do I want this? What do I want exactly. in the long run? That really exactly. helped me a lot. Um, yeah. What are some other you know, you talked about loneliness, that's both an, ex an, an external and an, an internal um, resistance that they're going to match. Is there anything else they can probably mm -hmm. expect in resistance wise that will come up for them as they're learning this? Uh, yes, <laughs> there is. Um, and it's interesting that in speaking to loneliness, you know, and talking about stories, right, you can there's, there's a difference between your feelings and your emotions versus the story that you're telling yourself. And so you can feel lonely, right? Like loneliness is an emotion and it's valid versus I'm alone, which is a belief or a story you're telling yourself, right? Got it. Yeah. Yeah. So, so again, that's why finding that community is is really important. It's, it's why dieting is successful. And I'm using air quotes here is because it's creating a belief system. It's creating a community that you can connect with, right? You think about like Weight Watchers or, or the keto, like there's, you know, a variety. There's so many different diets out there that people subscribe to. And, and it's, it's helpful in the short term, not because of the benefits they're getting from the actual diet itself, like the food changes that they're making. Dieting can be a successful strategy in that you're experiencing your values that you, that are important to you. For example, like community or connection, or even, um, even having some kind of direction or guidance. Um, it helps you to not feel lonely. And, and that's why, uh, as I had said earlier, it's, it's hard to just stop dieting. It's not this cold turkey process, right? And I think when people first start intuitive eating, they, they typically approach it as if they would with another diet, right? You, if you've spent most of your li life hopping from diet to diet to diet, then this could feel like one more thing 
that you're you're hopping to right instead of realizing no this is this is helping me stop the diet hopping because this isn't about hmm. am i doing it right or wrong is this something else that i can succeed or fail at no this is more about developing that inner awareness of how do you feel and what do you want and and that type of attunement um again can be hard if you're not used to doing that mm-hmm. and so that goes back to it is a process to learn or untangle um those internal versus external resistances that's coming up for you and and getting curious and clear with oh this is what it says about me or this is what i've made it mean and now that i know that what do i want to experience differently or what Mm -hmm. else do i want besides this or i don't know absolutely i think for me one of the things that acted as that belief anchor for me was thinking how do i want to live when i'm in my 70s am i going to want to be worried about you know, dieting all the time. Right. Um, because we see that model to us all over the place within our families and our neighborhoods and our friendships. Like I, mm-hmm. I didn't want to know that that was, this was my life mm-hmm. for the next 60 plus years. Yeah. Um, and so that's why it was worth leaning into the discomfort. And I will say, honestly, this took me years to figure out mm-hmm. years. And, um, it was worth it for me because of how much less time of my mind is spent thinking and agonizing over my food choices. And I think if anyone came into my home and they saw the things I'd ate, they would think I subscribe to some different, you know, diets that are out there Mm -hmm. because I eat still really healthy, but Mm -hmm. it's not about that. I don't, my mind is not, it's not made up of all of the junk that was there before with the constant belaboring and belittling and negating and the anxiety. So for you and for the clients you've worked with, what, what is on the other side of this process? And and it's still going to be an ongoing Ongoing. process. Um, It's still going to be an ongoing process too. So what's on the other side, at least as you are, at least over this tipping point of it requiring so much energy to figure out. Yeah. Um, and that's, it's a great question because, um, it's not so much about the outcome could look the same as you said, right? Your, your overall eating habits or your food choices might look the same as when you were dieting. But again, the intention and motivation behind it is very different. Mm -hmm. Um, I've said before, like eating, eating a salad out of self-hate is going to feel inherently different than eating it out of self-love, right? So true. And Mm -hmm. so as we've said throughout, it's, it's really, it's not about, it's not about the food. Mm-hmm. It's not about the yeah. food, but what it is about, um, and you're exactly right, is what those fears are holding you back from. Um, and it, it really, it is so worth it. It sounds, I feel bad. I'm kind of like a tough love person sometimes when it comes to this. Um, it's not just unicorns and rainbows. Sure. <laughs> right. Yeah. And that's uh-huh. what most, most diets kind of fall back on that as a strategy of, oh, it's going to be great. And this and this and this and, and, and intuitive eating will be, and there's room for it to not be because you are a complex human being. And this, this gives you room to be that person. Um, so that being said, like this process, it is so worth it because here's the key. 
it's like coming home to yourself. You don't realize how much your food or body fears have held you back. As my friend, um, Julie Newbury, she says, when you're focused on your shape, you can't change the world, right? <laughs> and, um, and they call this ego depletion. Basically, if you're using all of your willpower on dieting, then not only does it backfire, but it also limits your ability to choose in other areas of your life. And when I say willpower, I mean both positive and negative willpower, which is another topic for another day. I'm not talking about control or the lack thereof. Mm-hmm. What I'm talking about is the power to use your will to identify what you want versus what you don't want. And intuitive eating returns the power to the eater. It's your body, your choice. But if you don't understand your body, or if you don't know what you want and why you want it, then you'll never feel free. You'll Mm -hmm. always be searching for the answer outside of yourself without even realizing that you've had it all along within, Mm -hmm. right? And so on the other side of this process, this journey, this story that you're rewriting is developing self-awareness and self-compassion through self-care food practices, which then helps you to anchor back into your truths of who you are, why you're here and where you're going. Also your relationship with food, because again, it's not about the food, right? Your relationship with food or your body is often reflective of your relationship with your, your complete, your whole self with other people and even with your higher power. So in strengthening your body attunement and removing the obstacles to body attunement, you're better able to reconnect with yourself and others. So all relationships improve. Hmm. And maybe the biggest benefit of all is that you get to be a chain breaker. Your children will learn from your examples of embodiment. You can change your food story and theirs. Wow. That's everything, Beth. And I feel Mm -hmm. like, you know, over the what am I into now? The, the, the 13th or 14th year of recovering from my own, you know, lifetime up to that point, eating mm-hmm. disorders, that that is very much what I think I am experiencing now in the space of my life, the power being taken back into my own life. And I love that, the mm-hmm. idea of breaking the chain. So thank you. Thank you for the work you are doing. I have one yeah. more question for you. Is this for everybody? Mm-hmm. Like what can anybody do this? Um, <laughs> I'm sure there's still some people who are talking themselves out of it or who don't think that they could mm-hmm. do it, or maybe they have some health problems that entail some necessary mm-hmm. food restrictions. Is this still for everybody? Yes and no. It mm-hmm. it depends, right? Mm-hmm. Intuitive eating is more nuanced than we we give it credit for because we tend to assign labels. We assume that there are checklists to cross off when there are none. We just we do that. That's kind of human nature, right? This is why dieting is so appealing and why intuitive eating can be harder because if we're so used to attaching our worth to what we eat, right? Good food, bad food means good person, bad person. Then what does it mean if all foods fit, right? It's like, uh, I don't know. And so when we shift our food and body paradigms, we need to make room for error. We need to watch out for that moralistic judgment, for that black or white thinking, the all or nothing thinking, right? Mm-hmm. So for those who struggle with disordered eating, which is probably most people, honestly, then I think intuitive eating is definitely worth exploring. If you are diagnosed with an eating disorder, 
then you'll want to involve your treatment team because depending on your situation, you may need to follow an eating plan, which isn't necessarily intuitive, mm. right? Yeah. And we also, we need to realize that intuitive eating is more than eat what you want when you want because food scarcity is a real thing. And while dieting is a privilege, so is intuitive eating for those that are struggling with food insecurities, whether they don't have access to food due to finances or allergies or, you know, what have you. Um, so that needs to be addressed and needs to come into play when you make the decision. But I will say again that every body is unique. So read the book, meet yourself where you're at, question your judgments along the way, and then implement what you can. This was so beyond helpful, Beth. I've learned a lot just by talking to you and it's reaffirmed so much of how I want to continue to live and continue to grow in this practice. I'm sure many people will want to know where to find you, to learn more, to learn from you. Where can they go? <laughs> well, for better or for worse, I'm, I'm pretty active on Instagram. I'll just That's great. That, right? Yeah. Um, so you can always find me on there offering support or answering questions specifically related to food or body. And that includes uh, mindful eating, emotional eating, and experiential eating. But if you're wanting some additional self-help resources, then you can read my book, which is available on Amazon. That is called True Food, Shift from Disordered Dieting to Mindful Eating in 40 Days. Or you can check out my sister site is what I like to call it, which is joyfullyinspiredlife.com. Great. And tell us the, the handle on Instagram. Oh yeah. It's um, b.truebalance b.truebalance. As in Great. B-E, like be yes. true, B-U. <laughs> yes. B.truebalance. Wonderful. Yeah. Beth, it was so great to talk to you. Thank you so much for the time that you took to help You're our so community. Welcome. We needed you. So thank you. <laughs> thank you. I hope this episode gave you the hug and kick in the pants that you need to grow. Wow, was it chock full. And that's why I have the progress pointers here for you right now. And yeah, we're still going to ignore my kids crying in the background because it's still the pandemic while I'm recording this, okay? So number one, we each have a food story made up of food fears and failures. Two, get curious about those fears. Ask more why questions. Three, years of dieting is years of distrust. Four, when you diet and live by food rules, other people are in control. Five, your body is trying to communicate with you. You can develop a partnership with food and body and learn to trust again. Six, what would change for you if you believed your body was on your side? Seven, intuitive eating looks different for each person. It's a process. Eight, start by unlearning diet culture and relearn the instincts you were born with. Nine, it's not another diet, another thing to fail at. 10. This can be lonely. Anchor into why intuitive eating matters and get support. 11. Call out the fears. Be willing to make mistakes. 12. It's not about the food. 13. It's like coming home to yourself, a return of the power to yourself. And 14. Intuitive eating is nuanced. It's not straightforward. It's more than eat what you want when you want it. Now, I know I said there was a lot there. Um, so if you want to see this in graphic form, so that way you can print it out, you can attach it where you want to, you can collect them, sign up for our Go-Getter newsletter. Each week I send you a We Got This email. And as part of it, I include graphics of progress pointers. And at the end of the month, you get all of that month's progress pointers put together in one place. You can sign up by going to aboutprogress.com slash go-getter. 
yeah, it has been a super packed month and we still have a few more weeks of this extended theme, Be Healthy. I hope it has given you the insight you need to take better charge of your health in all ways, mental, emotional, spiritual, and physical. Now more is coming. So if this episode in particular was helpful for you and you are loving what you are learning, I'd love it if you would share the show and send in a Dear Progressor note. That's coming up soon. And last month, we just had one submission. I would love to have way more on this topic because there's so much here that I know you have to share with us. And as always, seeing your feedback on our reviews is honestly one of the best ways ever that you can say thank you to me. I am here for you, friends, and I'm going to keep being here for you. So keep growing and remember that life is about progress, not perfection. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.